everyone. Thanks so much for joining us here today for the YouTube Spirit Anchor video series and the Anchor.fm podcast series. My name is Kristen Schmidt-Dykes, and I'm so excited that you've joined us here today. Our very special guest is Johnny Medicine Bear. He's a shaman, an author, and a wonderful healer, and he's a really good friend of mine. Hi, Johnny. Thanks so much for joining us here today. Thanks, Kristen. Good morning. If you wouldn't mind telling us a little bit about your background and how your shamanic journey started and and where you are right now. Well, thanks, Kristen. Good morning, everyone, and thank you for joining us. Um, I grew up as a military guy for 20 years. I was in the Air Force and lived in a contracted energy of all of that military kind of environment. It was a real challenge for me to do anything that was, uh, let's say, a little bit expanded or a little bit um, personal, a little bit energetic. And so my life was supporting all about the government, the military, fighter planes, we're right, they're wrong, a lot of separation. And I took all the feelings that I had and all the internal stuff and anesthetized it with the booze as best I could. This was my life contracted and withdrawn and full of fear and anxiety um, until I was 40 years old. Uh, At age 40, uh, I had a gift given to me, or perhaps I aligned myself with the gift, and that was of sobriety. And that began the essence and the journey of who I really am today, and to to come a little bit into balance and a knowing of uh, of the more fundamental expression of life in this universe. Um, up until that age, I had no idea, nor did I want to have any idea of anything beyond the physical. And so uh, that began the story of, uh, or the journey really, of Johnny Medicine Bear. Um, in this, uh, in this uh, lineage, I am not a Native American on the physical plane, but my heritage is of the Shoshone from southwestern uh, Idaho, up in that area. And I connected with Medicine Bear on a shamanic journey during a workshop where we were guided into a past life experience where we were of service. And during that experience, Medicine Bear, Johnny, well, not Johnny Medicine Bear, but the uh, original Medicine Bear from about a thousand years ago, um, he came into my experience. And when I returned, he returned with me and has been with me now for pretty much 25 years, along with several other guides and and, uh, and non-physical beings. So in the journey, I've just come to appreciate and to open myself to the more expansive expression of life into the non-physical. And so I have Johnny, I have Medicine Bear with me. I have Reiki experience with me um, that happened, oh, I guess that was about 20 years ago as well. Um, Of course, all the basic things of sobriety, AA, and various meetings and groups like that. So I try not to leave too many stones unturned. Um, I've got a a nature that seems uh, willing to risk and to stretch and to to explore the unknown. And I've come to appreciate that it's in the unknown and when I am the most uncomfortable 
that uh, the opportunity is there for some sort of learning, growth, or expansion. So it's a pleasure to come here and spend a little time with you, Kristen, and share a little bit. You're in the midst of writing a book called From Savage to Shaman, uh, which is about your experience going from being in the military to your shamanic journey and your healing modalities. Can you tell us a little bit about how you were guided to write that book and a little bit about what we can expect, uh, expect to read once this book is published? Thanks, Kristen. <clears throat> um, I never saw myself as a writer. And matter of fact, I never saw myself as capable. So for pretty much anything, that's, uh, that's a common thread from all addictions is the low self-worth, of course. And uh, I had no intention up to about a year ago of coming forward with a book. But um, a teacher on the physical plane came into my life just about this time last year. And <clears throat> more than just the guidance in the verbal, but with the energy surrounding this teacher. Um, she said that she was guided to help position me to come forward with this book project from Savage to Shaman. And the underlying greater picture of this is, although it's the story of Johnny Medicine Bear, it's a tool to be of service for the veterans in particular that come back from fighting these endless wars mm -hmm. and uh, and come back so traumatized that even with the slightest glimpse of reality of what they really have participated in um, are ready to kill themselves and somewhere in the 20 to 25 a day uh, managed to do that mm -hmm. so the guidance to do the book and the guidance to actually write the book has all been uh, through spirit one way or another it has been divinely guided. I think I said that right, <laughs> divinely guided, mm -hmm. uh, and inspired this way. So I've come forward in this last year to, um, to write this book. It's in three sections, more or less, Into the Darkness, which starts from early childhood and the abuse that I had as a little boy traumatized on through to the military. Now, I was a fighter pilot in Vietnam, uh, fighter planes carried bombs as well. And so my mission, my squadron flew at night over there and I flew uh, almost 200 missions every night carrying bombs and dropping them and killing people. And then coming back to the bar and singing the praises of war and how these are just you know, insignificant people like ants on the ground and we've got to kill them otherwise they're going to get us kind of thing. And every day get drunk. That was my life for a year. And so it's shoved a lot of trauma, I suppose, as good a way as any to put it, uh, into the basement where I just stood on the trap door to hold it shut and keep drinking to anesthetize myself. This pattern goes on for everybody in this world at some level, one way or another, into we put the things in the basement, stand on it. It's pretty horrifying to look in the basement. But it's also, I've become aware that if one wants to live a life of compassion, love, and freedom at any meaningful level, we have to give up the sensory pleasures. We have to open the trap door and we have to take a walk through the basement before we can ascend to the attic and go upstairs and start looking around with any meaningful sense of what divinity is about. We've got to clear the basement. There's absolutely no way around it. 
and it's not for the faint of heart. And so this journey, uh, having my teacher with me for a great, great bit of this time was critical for me. I could not have survived the depths of the work that we did to bring these pieces out of the basements to share in the book and to bring that energy forward in here. So we have into the darkness, which is the accumulation of the trauma. From there, the next section is into the shadow. That started at age 40 for me when I got sober. Now I didn't have a way to anesthetize and run. So all of the things I started pulling out of the basement, the childhood traumas, the abuse by my father, the anger at my mother, the da, 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 da. it goes on and on and on, but nowhere to run, nowhere to hide. And so with that, this is the shadow work. This is about the energy patterns that are loose running around down below the surface. So harmonizing these energy patterns, we can never cut them off. We have to own them and diffuse the energy one way or another. And some don't survive this. It's, you know, well, okay, you come back, try it again. But that's really our work. And then uh, into the light will be the last section of this. And that's from when I met uh, my teacher last uh, June, roughly. And it is the final ascension into a space of relative freedom peace such that i don't have nightmares anymore and i don't have the shakes and i don't have desire to kill myself or anyone else and so i let flies out of the house if i if i can catch the little guys <laughs> sometimes i just open the door and tell them but nonetheless this this man right here was all about killing and 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 the hold them at bay, hold them at bay, hold them at bay. I'll do anything so that nobody comes inside of me. Right. So, and that's what the savage is. The archetype of the savage, not to be confused with the warrior. We use warrior, uh, in my view, incorrectly, many people do. But the savage is the unconscious killing the, without any sort of uh, remorse or guilt. Is the, 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 the Roman soldier running down the hill with the sword, that's it. The fighter pilot, it just goes out. Right. And Brainwashing from the military that tells you that this is your job. And so you, you, there's a belief system. And if you look at the word belief, there's lie in there, L-I-E, because you come to believe that. You come to believe what people tell you to do. This is your job. You have to do it. And you're going to have to encompass everything about being a savage, which is unfortunate. I mean, it, 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 in today's society or, you know, just historically speaking, um, you know, I'm clearly a pacifist and do not believe in uh, certain things that our military uh, tells us that we need to believe in. So you were able to take uh, this kind of horrific job that you had and, you know, you self-medicated and then you came out after you got sober, kind of seeing the truth. That's, that's what I'm, that's what I um, am picking up on. So you see this truth and you know that there's a better way. There's a more enlightened and evolved way to live as a human being. This is very accurate, Kristen. It's, uh, it is extremely accurate. And, you know, it's like a snowball. Once one is involved in that military, the, the soldier is an acronym for savage. It's the same thing. It's without thought, without conscience. We go and carry the order, whether it's drop a bomb on somebody or 
put them on the end of the rifle and shoot them. It doesn't matter. It is still savage energy. And the warrior, on the other hand, just for clarity, the warrior is an energy of protection. The warrior is an energy of strength, like the guard at the gate. They check the ID card. Nope, go away. He can't come in. And warrior energy is lacking in, well, I know in myself as a child it was. You know, people, my father came in, stole my emotional gold. What's, what defense does a kid have? So the warrior energy goes away, and we, we just buy into everything. So, uh, so this is what the book is about, is the darkness, the shadow into the light. And, um, and uh, it uh, hopefully will be a tool. Uh, I put it on a website here. And Have you found it to be cathartic writing this book? Um, because obviously you've been able to supersede uh, this dogma and this, uh, this part of your history for a very long time. But revisiting it, is it cathartic? Is it, uh, is it upsetting? What, what kind of emotions were you going through as you were exploring writing this book? Well, that's, that's a very good question. Thank you for the opportunity to, to share that piece. I thought that I was really clear with my shadow energy and the energy of the savage. It's 25 years ago, I did a piece on that uh, at these workshops that I was a participant with. And the savage came out and, and a lot of work was done with that. But in this last year, uh, I would not have been able to survive this last year had it not been for my teacher and the energy this was a um, a very high vibrational uh, woman that uh, became part of my life in this last year and could hold that space while we went back there to vietnam and the the memories and the nightmares came back and i say countless there's only in six months 180 days so it's not countless but but about half of those nights i wound up crying my eyes out uh, every night because it was back there. And the vivid dreams were back again about the people blowing up things like that. But I stayed the course and she was able to hold the space for me so that I wouldn't pull the kitchen knife out and shove it in my heart. And uh, you know, the, the suicidal tendencies uh, were there. I could feel them in this last uh, six months. But I held the course and was held by, uh, by my friends and spirit and everything else. And so now that's that's been harmonized and um, and I've pulled through that. So yeah, it's uh, but it's so healing for me. I'm, I'm I've never thought I could write a book, and it's going to happen. So well, good. I'm I'm as your friend, I'm proud of you, and I think that um, she came. This healer came into your life at the perfect time. So perfect time. Uh, you did your travels to Asia. You went back to Vietnam. You spent time in India. Um, around the same time that our earth was seeing these different energy shifts and these different energy patterns, which have kind of, um, I call it a shift show, which has led us up to where we are now. So you were the preemptive, the beginning part of the shift that we're seeing now with the pandemic and uh, the divisiveness that we have in our country and some of the um, different craziness that's going on with the riots and whatnot. So I think that she came into your life at the exact right time and this will propel you to, <laughs> I mean, this is going to be a book for everybody. I don't think that you're going to need to be a Vietnam vet or a vet of any war to relate to this because I think we all have our own um, inner demons, so to speak, these demons that rear their ugly head and 
Um, if we're lucky or if we're open and receptive, our guides help us lead the way, help us evolve our soul to become better human beings on this plane. And by you writing your experience, a myriad of people are going to be able to, re to relate on many different levels. I can feel the energy of this book as you talk about it. I feel the energy. I feel the words. And I'm so excited. So, Jenny, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about uh, shadow energy patterns. Can you tell us a little bit about what that is? I, I'm curious because I've never really heard that vernacular before. Oh, well, thanks. Uh, thanks, Kristen. Well, uh, it's been something I've become a little bit familiar with in this uh, last uh, year in particular. But basically, our shadow energy patterns or our shadow energy pieces are pieces of our psyche and pieces of our energy that we, uh, we discard, suppress, and project on others. They're kind of like our deep secrets that we don't want to look at. And anytime we look at them, it's painful. We wish it wasn't there. Uh, we can take example, um, let's say just a, a child that uh, grows up in a hostile environment full of anger, rage, and all of that. The child uh, may very well just take all of their own anger and rage, not being able, it's not acceptable, or there's way too acceptable, and they stuff it in their basement. And so now this person all full of rage and anger and everything uh, drives down the road in a great big Hummer and for the smallest infraction road rage occurs. This is all shadow energy that finds an opportunity to release itself. The person that is um, in a restaurant, a little bit of water gets spilled by the server or something like that and the response is very inappropriate. That This is all the, uh, the shadow using its opportunity to express this sort of thing. Shadow energy comes out in many other forms, too. I've realized in this that, uh, that my mother, who never protected me from the brutality of my father, other than with words or come to rescue me when I was hiding in the closet, said, okay, Johnny, he didn't mean it. It's for your own good, this sort of thing. Um, I had stuffed for 50, 60 years the anger that I had towards my mother and wasn't even aware that it was there until this last year that I could see and it was pointed out to me that my relationships with women or let's more general, how I related to goddess energy, mm -hmm. the earth included, the earth mother included, but was, um, was uh, totally objective and uh, was ego-centered. You know, I wanted to use women. And, and in me, some, most of this was fairly subtle, and most of it, well, let me say that that part may not have been subtle, but I was always a very nice man on the surface. Generous, kind, compassionate, fun to be with, all that's very true. But underneath was an underlying anger and rage that I didn't even know was there, and I wondered why I've spent my whole life pretty much by myself. See? And it was pointed out to me by my teacher that you can't see this because no one can see their shadow, their, their ego covers all that very nicely and justifies the behavior patterns. But the rage and the anger that I had towards the feminine uh, expressed itself in many ways. To resolve the shadow or to do it, we have to be first, of course, aware that something is not quite right. And then become willing to take a walk into the basement and process 
harmonize, balance, own, whatever it is that we need to do to dissolve and integrate that energy. Um, you know, I think back at the shadow anger that I had towards my father. Well, it created in, in me the savage that was willing to go out there and kill anybody. And this was all this shadow savage energy. I justified every bit of it. I went to Vietnam in 1972, uh, carrying the flag, thinking that the people that were um, subjectors or people that um, uh, decided they go to Canada, whatever, skip the country and avoid the draft. Well, they were just all a bunch of chickens and yellow bellies and God, I had thousand names for them. Sure. And, and so all of this is the justification so that I could go and act out and release some of that energy. It's not really who I am. And it's taken me the rest of my life of work to come to the space where I am today of being able to have owned that harmonized balance, that savage energy and come into a space of peace and balance. But from this perspective here, I can see how all of that played in my life to guide me sort of on this journey. First, we get the imbalance and the request to bring it into balance. So our shadow energy, it's the one that just says, the ego just loves the shadow. He says, okay, the chocolate bar, go ahead, throw it in your car, throw it in your belly. If you're full, have a little bit more anyway. You know, This is just little pieces of shadow energy that's coming out. If it's okay to just uh, steal something, even though it's small, you know, things like this are perhaps small pieces of shadow energy. On a larger scale, there is group shadow, family shadow, nation shadow. You know, if I look at just just as a broad sense here, uh, generally with religions, if you know, I go look at a church or something, and it's all about light and love, but there's nobody really there that ever takes the time or few to explore the basement and harmonize some of the things that are not light and love about the organization or the institution or whatever it is. And so the yin and the yang of it gets way out of balance. And so our, our real ticket to freedom is to look at the bag we're dragging behind us or open the door and look into the basement and have the willingness, perhaps with some guides and a little common sense, to own, explore, harmonize, and balance those darker pieces of ourselves that we tend to suppress and project on others. Right. No, I really appreciate your transparency and you've really delved deep. And I think that's important because sometimes when we talk to people, we just get into the surfaceable aspects of um, certain things that are uncomfortable to talk about. And this definitely resonates with me, um, you know, with all of uh, the chaos going on in the world, I feel like my shadow energy is rearing its ugly head. And I think that this is a great reminder to take a step back, put my ego in check and know that I am larger than all of this, that my, um, my soul's journey is, uh, is, is larger than all of this. And just to kind of keep it in perspective, is there a first step that we could start to kind of clear out some of that shadow, shadow energy? Is there anything that you might recommend reading or a meditation or a prayer to kind of get us in line with the guides to kind of help get rid of some of that you know, that stored up and pent up shit that just is lingering in that shadow sense. 
Kristen, thanks. Yeah. Well, there is. There's uh, several things. Um, and some of them are, well, quite simple. Um, be honest. You know, honesty is whatever level of consciousness we have. I was very honest when I was over there in Vietnam. That's how you drop a bomb off a fighter plane, you pick a little. I was dropping bombs on people over there, and I was as honest as I could get. And that honesty said, this is necessary, and I'm a hero, and I'm here to protect us all, and all the rest of that. But if one has the courage to step back a few feet, really step back a few feet, take a few breaths, and look deeply at what they're doing. And you can do this in a meditation. You can do it in a quiet time. And then when they see some of these patterns that are not really healthy, that are destructive, that are hurting other people, that are uh, not compassionate, loving, and caring, whatever they may be, to have the courage to own them. Maybe a little bit at a time. But making any small adjustment like that is to tell the shadow and the ego that, no, I'm waking up. I'm not going to participate this anymore. That's listening to the soul. That's listening to the heart. That's listening at a more meaningful level and having now opened oneself to a deeper expression of life. We become available to energies then when we move up to a little higher consciousness level. We become available to energies out here that we're not even aware of down here at the lower levels right. you know we think that's all there is right. so um and there's a little book if i could uh, put this out here it's very simple a book you find it anywhere on amazon or something like that um it's i read it many many years ago robert bly is the author and it's called a little book on the human shadow it's about that thick you know it's probably not 30 pages well, maybe not 50 pages it's not very big but Robert Bly was impactful to me when I read that, and he spoke of the long bag we drag behind us, you know. Because into the bag also, important piece here, into the bag also goes our white shadow. When I was a little boy, I was told I couldn't draw. My art went there. When I was a little boy, I told I couldn't write, and I got a couple Fs on a book report, seventh, eighth grade, whatever. So that creative piece went in the bag. I've never wrote a thing in my, well, I say I haven't, but writing has, I've always seen myself as not a good writer. And I've always seen myself as not an artist. And yet then 10 or 15 years ago, I discovered digital photography. And so I used that expression and it certainly is an artistic expression, but in the bag can go our white stuff too. So the gifts that come out when we start clearing the bag, are many fold if it's unpleasant to look at something and the harder and the more more painful it is to own some piece of oneself the more light's going to be released when that piece is owned so if one's unwilling to get into a little bit of pain there ain't going to be much gains like going to the gym you know right. sitting in the juice bar in the sauna isn't going to hack make muscles <laughs> right no and i think that's true i think any um any work we do on this plane, whether it's spiritual or physical, you've got to put the work in to see the benefits and reap the rewards. Uh, so that's, that's really a good point. Um, you and I had, or you had brought to my attention a few years ago, tipping. And I had never really heard of uh, this modality, so to speak. And it's where you work with a table and your guides come through and you can ask 
questions and based on which way the table tips kind of gives you your answer. Um, for those for those people listening or watching that aren't really familiar, could you go into a little more detail uh, about the tipping modality and how you were kind of introduced to this and kind of who came through for you? Uh, yeah, I sure can, uh, Kristen. Uh, the table tipping, or uh, as a seance is what it is. Uh, you can do this with two, three, four people. It doesn't matter. You can make a big deal with 20, however. But basically what it is, is the table becomes an instrument. It's like a Ouija board kind of thing that, you know, there's an energy that'll come into your Ouija board that animates it a bit. And the same with the table. We'll sit down, maybe three of my friends, and uh, we all put our hands on the table. It uses our energy here. And then somebody will come through the table. Now, do I know that it's my father? If it says it's my father, I can't see him. But there have, I have been with people that can see visually uh, clearly the people that come in to the table and they validated and verified uh, that this one is such and such or that's such and such and things like this. So the table will move, will stand up on two legs, it defies gravity. And uh, if you've never experienced this thing, you're going to say, well, you know, it can't happen, it can't happen. Well, it, that's what I said too, but it does happen and it does work. So for four or five years now, I've, um, I've become a little bit of a practitioner of table tipping. Uh, you can find out a little bit about it on YouTube if you'd like. But some people see it as a curiosity, and that's about as far as they go. To me, I don't care about that piece of it. To me, it's a tool. And so uh, the people that will come in through your table, if you get that far that you have a little seance, it may be your relatives or whatever. And, but as a tool, you can ask the table a question, and we've set up a little, um, uh, kind of like a little language here when the table's up, you know, for one bump is a no response and two bumps is a yes response. It's quite simple. And the table has a, can have its own expression. You know, it can move a little harder, faster, slower, something. There'll be no doubt in your mind that you're doing this if, uh, if you do it. So, yeah. so I use it as a tool. That's, for me, it's a tool. It's, I don't use it as um, like a crystal ball if it says something's going to happen or something I you know so okay maybe yes maybe no but uh, it's a tool for me it's really interesting and I really enjoy doing that with you but I, I would like to give a waiver out there to everybody if you are not familiar with uh, working with this kind of energy um, I implore you not to uh, get into a Ouija board or do the tipping without knowing how to ground yourself and how to bring the positive energy and the positive white light through. Um, because there are some nefarious entities out there that like to sneak their way through a Ouija board here and there. So um, just be very careful. Do it with somebody that has experience, uh, you know, using a Ouija board or doing the tipping. It's, it can be a little... Uh, daunting and a little scary too for people that aren't used to that. So always invite the white light. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, thanks Christian. Uh, that caveat is, is very good. Uh, well, if I, you have an interest in this, uh, find somebody that's done it a little and, and start with them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, it's always when, anytime you're practicing something new, especially, um, in the metaphysical realm, my opinion to, uh, fledgling metaphysical practitioners is always to align yourself with somebody that's been there and can kind of guide you through, um, you know, the journey so that you're not, um, you know, doing anything that might harm you or your energy or your aura or your chakras. So, um, but 
Well, we're just about out of time here, and I wanted to thank Johnny Medicine Bear so much for your time. You are one of my favorite people on this planet, and our friendship, means, our friendship means the world to me. But before we go, um, the music that you hear in this series in the beginning and the end of each segment is actually from Johnny <laughs> Medicine Bear, and he is going to grace us with a wonderful song um, on the flute. It's beautiful, and Johnny, whenever you're ready, um, I will go ahead and list your website information at the end of this presentation in case anybody is interested in further contacting you. But thank you so much, and thanks, everybody. Whenever you're ready, John. Thanks, Kristen. Uh, I'm out here traveling around, by the way, in my motorhome. Uh, and I'm I, during the summer, I travel. And here in Bishop, there's a lot of dust and everything. So I've got a little cough in my throat. So if I have to stop and cough, I'm going to, Spirit says, go ahead and give it a try. <laughs> so we will, we're going to give it a whack here anyway. This is, uh, is a little drone flute. It's a little different Native American flute. It's, and so playing the flute is not like playing a, any other instrument because it's not about playing it. It's about allowing and aligning ourselves with energy. So I just invite you to take a breath. Just feel the energy of the earth, the energy of divinity go through you and allow the flute and the vibration of the music to speak to you. sister blessings lovely thanks johnny love you bye everyone we'll see you next love time you too.